from over the internet and into your MP3 player. This is That Gay Podcast. Thanks, Ben. This is That Gay Podcast for the week ending April 22nd, Earth Day 2016. Rocking it. Loving Mother Earth. Yeah, this is Troy here. Um, let's do a quick roll call. Jeff is in Dubai, already getting ready to go to Dubai. Safe flights, Jeff. Yay. We miss, we miss you. And uh, Brian is um, napping because he's doing work tonight. So we have Steve and uh, Tom coming in. Hey, Stevie. Hi, Tom. Hey. Hi. Um, All righty. So first off, Stevie, you were telling us you're headed to dinner later. Where, where are you headed again? <laughs> so I'm going to – so I just moved to a new neighborhood in L.A. I live in Silver Lake now, which is really trendy and hip, and there's all these weird restaurants. Um, and uh, so a friend's in town, and they picked a restaurant that's called Cowboys and Turbans. And I had seen it already, and I thought the name was a little problematic. But uh, then I saw the menu, and it's Indian food wrapped up in, like, burritos and other in Mexican ways. Interesting. Now I'm down. I'm excited about it now. We're Americans because if we can do anything, we can mash cultural food together. Cheers. And then say that it's okay. Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this week we're going to talk about LGBTQIAMCCN743867530. Did I get all the alphabet letters and numbers and all that stuff in there? Sure. Uh, well, Steve, uh, Steve and I were talking earlier, and um, one of the things you were talking to us about, telling me about, was that there are a lot of cities that either don't have bars that are just generally queer, or have bars and clubs and stuff that are the default gay bar, the default everybody bar, because they're also the gay bar. I just, I don't know. I I went from living in New York City to living in L.A., which are two very large cities. I just always find it weird that I think it's difficult to find just openly queer spaces that aren't a bar that's like catering to gay men or gay women or like uh, when you're in a big city and there's so many people, just every bar gets really specific with the type of person that they serve. You know, I, I just feel this need in the city for just like a general queer space. But I think I think there's a weird tension, though, because I I, I know in some cities where gentrification is actually forcing the closure of some historical gay bars and, and that sort of thing, like, I almost feel like some of the reaction or some of that claiming of space as, you know, this is the gay country music bar, and this is the gay disco bar, and this is the women's bar, is that is almost that, that feeling of we've spent so long claiming space and trying to stake out space where we can feel safe and comfortable and, and with others, however you define who you're, you know, you're community is, um, which is a problematic word in and of itself. But I, I, I feel like in some ways that reaction is to want to hold on to it. I almost feel like that tension grows as we do start to add more and more letters to the end of LGBT, because it's, it's almost wanting to kind of commodify an outsider status. And Tom, you're telling me a little earlier about what what happened. To, was this at work? I was. I was at a work meeting, and I felt instantly old and slightly confronted because there was an acronym in a in a work document, and I looked at it, and it actually and it included a number, and I'm going to blame it on the number, even though I later figured out why there was a number in it. I had this moment of slight panic because I thought, oh my gosh, I don't even know what this means. I couldn't tell if no one else was commenting on it because everyone knew what it meant, or no one was commenting on it because it would be very uncomfortable to say what. What are all these letters and why is there a number at the end of this? It was it was very it was shocking to me. I, I know I was I was going through in my head of like what I know the acronym to be, but is it part of being two spirit? It was. Okay. See, I, I, I what does that mean? I don't I don't know. Two spirit is a Native American queer. It's similar 
to being transgender, but not exactly. The way that it was described to me is that you possess both the spirit of someone that is male and someone that is female and that you can kind of switch back and forth. And apparently in that culture, it's seen as a very positive, good thing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the uh, two-spirit people, they were typically looked upon as like the medicine men and women of their tribe. So, I mean, they were in held in pretty high regard in most tribes. So I, I guess the point is, the question here is, I mean, are we at a spot where there are too many letters in the soup? I mean, I think, I think it's a double-edged sword. It's, you know, you want everyone who identifies to, in, in a certain way to feel included, but also at the same time, are you, you know, are you muddying the message? Is it too challenging for people to pick up? To me, like how I see it, we have our community in like one, we'll just say a big box. But with every single letter we add, we like chop the box up again and again and again. It makes us feel included, but also excluded at the same time. No, I think you're right. I think you're talking about compartmentalizing, you know, the whole community in general. Right now, we're getting to a point where we're starting to get into that non-label phase in community. So more people are choosing not to label themselves as one of the alphabet soup, for lack of a better word. Which, I mean... I think if we could just cut labels, that would make things so much easier. But as you start taking away labels, you start to lose a uniqueness about you. It may not necessarily be that we're all kind of homogenizing into one mass of people, but it's that we lose an easy way to describe something unique to our personalities. I see that point and it's like, you know, I want to feel that and believe that um, everyone's just trying to hold on to a piece of identity. But I feel like it's almost the opposite. I feel like it's people are afraid of not being able to easily identify things. And I wish people would be open to it. Imagine this, like, imagine this fictitious world where there aren't labels about sexual orientation or about gender. You would have to get creative with how you describe somebody. Sure. And maybe it's not as easy as we have built it up to be in our culture, but I think it would be a really interesting or fun challenge. I gotta say, man, I don't know if we'll ever get to that point though, you know? And in the end, people just like words. We like being able to use adjectives with anything because I'm bi. I'm proud that I'm out and I'm bi, but it doesn't define me necessarily. It defines who I'm going home with at the end of the night, but it doesn't really say a lot to me as a person. So it helps put me in an umbrella, but also attaches too many other labels along with it. I guess the day will come, though, and I don't think we're quite there yet, where describing yourself your sexual orientation will become sort of like describing yourself as left-handed, you know, just a trait of yours. I couldn't even imagine it being that easy. It would be really cool, and I like the hypothetical, but oh my god. (laughs) The way things are right now, right, in 2016, where we are, it's only been like 10 years since I came out. The way people perceive LGBT people has completely changed in the last 10 years. And so I, I really think that's a realistic possibility in the next 10, 20 years, like for it to just be saying like you're left-handed. I think that's a very soon, like a soon possibility. I remember there was a point where when I came to terms with being 
gay and I made that decision to come out to myself, there was that a real feeling of empowerment. Like there was an actual moment where I felt I went from being terrified to feeling like that's what it is. There's suddenly a place for me. And I was in an area where I could, you know, do my first night out at a gay bar and be around other people and have that strange realization of I am surrounded by all, I am in a room with all gay men and everyone is openly identifying in that way. I now wonder like what would it have been like if I had not had that experience in those spaces as part of the coming out process because it, it really was a defining moment for me. I think, yeah, I had a uh, similar experience because when I was coming out, I was in college and I was in a small town and it had the gay bar and then they had like a dance club that had its quote unquote rainbow night. It was on a Sunday nights because that was the only night they would give the gay people a night to dance. So that was like footloose town. The gays can dance that. <laughs> You know what it was? It was that Sunday nights were typically like the slow night, so and the gays would spend all their money. But yeah, I had, I was just thinking back, I had a similar experience to you, like going into the club for the first time as like a out gay 21 year old and realizing, wow, there's this, you know, there's a hundred plus guys in here that are all like, if not open, at least acknowledging, you know, their sexuality. Well, I, I guess, you know, my question for now would be, how do we create spaces? And I don't mean just bars. I mean sports groups or social groups or whatever that are welcoming to other members of the alphabet without losing the identity of, oh, this is, you know, where the gay men go to drink. Theoretically, we have that and it's called life. It's, you know, I mean, the, in the in that great idea, we're on sports teams and we're members of clubs and we're working in our community center and we're at the food kitchen and all that kind of stuff and doing all of that work in our real lives. And then there's those other spaces that are defined. And I think that's where I get a little discomforted, where I have some discomfort with the, the lengthening of the alphabet because it almost feels like we're lengthening it to the point where it does cease to have a little bit of meaning because why do I need to name 27 letters? The more alphabet we add, like it's... It's like getting the participation ribbon, almost, and it loses some of the weight that it had initially. I don't know. I see it. I feel like I see it different than the majority of folks. For me, it's like, why not include everybody? I feel like we're in this movement that is, to me, no longer about like just accepting gay people. To me, it's accepting everybody and everybody's differences. And I think that should be the conversation. And to me, it's like, well, why wouldn't we want everybody to feel included? Well, I'm... I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that we should be exclusive of people. What I'm trying to say is that we have to find the midline between being inclusive, but without losing the weight of what it means to actually be involved in the alphabet. Because yes, everybody deserves to be able to uniquely identify themselves. But as this list gets longer, we're creating like sub, 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 subcultures within what is essentially... I wouldn't necessarily call it an outcast group, but kind of a marginalized group of people. And as cool as it is, because it's really neat. I've met some fantastic people in the community that if that I may never have met under different circumstances. But as we start splitting ourselves off and still trying to be inclusive, we hit this like attraction repulsion like magnets. They they want to come together, but they don't want to come together kind of thing. And like I said, that's how I perceive it, because I want everybody to feel accepted and loved for who they are. But we we hit a point where the labels are both they both weigh a lot in separating us but don't necessarily have any weight bringing us together 
I think there needs to be a moment of reflection to ask, are we just adding letters or is it that we're actually taking the time to understand all of how all of these unique communities do in fact intersect and intertwine and and work with one another because the reality is it wasn't that long ago where there were organizations that were saying sorry to the transgender community when it started to become about what legislative battles we're going to fight and and what directions we wanted to go in and what was the most important things that we were fighting for. And so I think there's also that part where we just start adding letters without saying, are we really embracing all of these aspects? Are we really bringing in all of these elements of the community or are we just trying to fashion something that makes everybody feel good, that makes everyone feel like, well, of course you, you're part of us. You're, of course you're part of this community. The, the impulse to add letters is almost like creating that great hashtag that makes you feel like you're really taking action, when maybe you're not, because maybe I'm, I'm not really reflecting or asking myself, do I understand and appreciate what these other letters of the acronym are bringing bringing into my personal experience is it specifically the addition of extra letters to the acronym that bother people or is it like because to me it's like i just use the word queer usually to encompass what i you know what people identify as the lgbtq aa i don't remember the rest letters i just feel like the community is going to grow in whatever way it grows whether or not we add, like we, you know, whoever is having these meetings that officially adds letters to the acronym, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, like the the gay gods of the world, I don't know. You I'm obviously, in a room you somewhere. Obviously, you obviously aren't on Reddit often enough. <laughs> I'm not. I think Reddit is my least favorite internet thing place. But yeah, I mean, I feel like these, you know, people that I identify in different ways are going to join in on the community, whether we add a letter or not. So to me, I just, I don't see the big deal. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the letters. I mean, I kind of like your idea that just saying queer to generalize things and kind of be an all encompassing term. I actually agree with that a lot. The addition of letters isn't necessarily problem if it's used correctly because like if you can use it as a descriptor awesome but if people exist to be one of those letters it builds walls and it and it divides us and that's not what i think the community should be because this is where people go who don't fit the cultural or social norms to feel included. And so as you hit people who are like against certain labels or start having issues with the length of this alphabet or whatever, we run into issues. And even using the word queer, people take offense to that. And if we all just stop getting offended by words, then the number of letters doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel like it's it's about the environment that's cultivated. And I don't know how easy that is to control, you know, within like as a bar owner, right? How do you control just the energy and the positivity or negativity of the folks in your bar? There's no way to do that. My bar will be beige because nobody has ever been offended by beige. I'm offended by beige. Well, I guess my bar is not for you. Most people aren't offended by beige. All right, RuPaul's Drag Race recap time. Um... Chris, you seem to take the wheel on these. So I'm going to let you do that, and we'll kind of chime in as we go along. I can't help it. I love it so much. And we get one of the funnest mini challenges, and they have one every season where they just bring in all of these Andrew Christian models, and you're just like, uh, God has <laughs> smiled upon me today. And they play top bunk, bottom bunk. 
and the mini game is all the girls have to put the bu- have to put the models onto the top bunk of a bunk bed or the bottom bunk, and whoever gets the most matches wins. And it turns out there was only one top in the entire group. And now, before you go on yeah. with that, um, RuPaul's specific phrase was, "This was the only top we could find in L.A." or something like that. Yes. Now, Chris, now um, Stevie, you live in uh, L.A. <laughs> I, I am, but I I haven't been dating since I've lived here, so I, oh. I don't know if that's true, uh, but probably. Now <laughs> on to the main challenge, because guess what? It's an election year, and if you haven't been tired of hearing about it yet, we're going to throw it right into Drag Race. The six remaining queens are paired off to create smear campaigns against each other. We have Bob the Drag Queen and Derek Barry, which I was actually terrified about that pairing. I'm like, that's going to suck or it's going to be brilliant. Naomi Smalls and Kim Chi, team best friend race, and Thorgy Thor and Chi Chi Devane. The commer- and their commercials are actually very... F- I thought they were really funny. I thought, especially Bob and Derek's, were very witty and were all about throwing shade. It was brilliant. And my god, Derek actually f- did something not Britney-related. Yeah, I mean... She's still sort of Britney, but she, she stepped Brittany way out. When, uh, she was Britney when she shaved her head Britney. Yes. Shaved <laughs> head Britney, basically. Thorgy's I didn't like. I liked the character. I liked Thorgy's because that's just her personality. Like, she's she's spazzy energy all over the place kind of thing. And she did it slightly more organized, but she even admitted that she had all these ideas and she just couldn't edit, which has been her problem all season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Chi-Chi's, Chi-Chi's was hard to watch. Kim Chi did have one of the funniest parts, though. I know in the gay community, no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Being all three, I understand you. I'm like, oh, Kim Chi. Kim Chi, <laughs> I live. Yeah, I thought they were a little bit harsh on her, but I thought she was decent. I thought it was okay. They about made my girl cry. Mm-mm. And that kind of that kind of leads into the runway, which they had to do the entire thing black and white, and I thought it was a brilliant move. Bob looked great as a silent film clown Derek's look was kind of meh kimchi lived as a mime i loved naomi's season two throwback it made me so happy i'm because raven was my favorite queen on season two so i'm like thank you naomi you did your homework and i love this thorgy's i didn't get like it fit thorgy's personality but i'm like that's not what It, it seemed really pedestrian to me and then Chi-Chi, with all that white powder, went a little bit too far, I think, with the white part of that. She looked great, don't get me wrong, but I think she went a little bit overboard. The critiques overall were pretty fair. They made points about how Bob and Derek just went at it, which they did. They had great commercials. Then they went in and tried to make freaking Kimchi cry. That that was hard for me to watch, because they were like, you're just not much of a speaker, are you? And I'm like, no, Kimchi, don't cry on stage. No, 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 no. Uh, they thought Thorgy, like, her impression was good, but she really didn't throw any shade. You know, at that point, it was almost kind of kiss of death type of thing, because they really didn't like her runway look either. I was I was so frustrated with her because, I and I love her, but during the challenge, when I think it was Michelle Visage suggested she do another shot of something, and she was like, no, I don't need it. I was like, no, she's telling you for a reason, do it. 
So we got to uh, the bottom two, which was, not surprisingly, Chi-Chi and Thorgy. And they had the most epic of lip sync songs to sing. It was a fantastic lip sync. And I didn't even I didn't even pick up the reference. I'll admit to that. I didn't know the song. But just watching it, my jaw dropped. I want to say probably about halfway through quarters of the way home, or through the song, I kind of knew who was going. And I'm like, don't send her home, Brew, please. She's my top three. You can't leave. She's in my bracket. I just wanted her to keep both of them. (laughs) But Thorgy's going away was probably the best one so far. Where, like, you know all the queens say something when they hit the end of the stage. She's just like, witty catchphrase, am I right? And then just laughs as she's leaving. I'm like, that... Thorgy. (laughs) We'll see how they do in this next challenge, because... As, which I would have loved to have seen Thorgy's looks for this. We are entering the ball challenge where they have to do three extravaganza looks. And so. Oh, and they're going gonna, to be uh, performing a musical tribute to Jerry Blank from Strangers with Candy. Really? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know, April I, Fool's Day was three weeks ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I can already tell who's probably going to struggle just a hair on this one, Miss Derek Barry. But I'm I'm really excited to see how this one goes. I think the elimination was pretty fair, and I'm still kind of sad. All right, it's time for Weekly Obsessions, where we talk about things we're obsessed with this week. Tom, you were patient enough to sit through the RuPaul recap there. What are you obsessed with this week? So there is a new Wonder Woman book coming out, Wonder Woman Earth 1. And it is actually going to embrace all of the kinky weirdness that was the original idea behind Wonder Woman. So I cannot wait. Cool. All right. Um, Chris, you're next. There was an EP released from a producer in Kansas City. It's called Robot Unicorn. And I've been listening to it virtually nonstop. I recently became friends with one of the guys who recorded onto the album, um, Dustin Rapier. And he has a song called Somewhere, and it is super adorable. It is my stuff now, because I love it. <laughs> that's that's my obsession. My obsession is going to be another Troy, uh, Troy Sivan. Is it you? Uh, no, it's oh. actually a uh, collaboration. Uh, Zed came out with a collaboration with him. Really? And I haven't heard it's- it. It's called Paper Cut. It came out a few months ago, actually. Steven, what are you obsessed with this week? I was obsessed with this song a while ago called On the Regular by Shamir. And I just finally listened to his full album this week, and I can't stop listening to it. His album is called Ratchet. And his name is Shamir, and you should check it out. All right. Well, Tom, we appreciate you coming on board and uh, sharing some perspective with us. Hope you enjoy the new Wonder Woman book, my friend. Thank you very much. And uh, Stevie, before we go, you have stuff to promote, don't you? Yeah, go to my YouTube channel. Search for Stevie NYC on YouTube and find my video stuff. (laughs) If there's one video that we absolutely positively have to check out, which one is it? Okay, so I made this uh, music video about people that don't pick up their dog poop. Um, and 
I think it's brilliant, and it didn't get as many views as I wanted it to. So you should go watch that one. It's called Pick It Up. had a moment when we get lazy. We forget to take a bag and oops-a-daisy. But now every time that you walk your pup, I watch you watch him shit, but you never pick it up. Brian, Jeff, we miss you. Troy's been screwing up the closing, so I'm doing it this week. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Mag, Chris, you guys want to do this again next week? Sure. All righty. Until then, take care. Bye. This is Ben Patrick Johnson for That Gay Podcast, a presentation of Attuned Productions.